Blog Talk Radio. radio program, our second time this week, and I am so glad to welcome you all back here today, and um, I'm going to start giving the date at the beginning of these shows, because I realize not everyone is listening in the same way. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2016, and I am just so delighted to be welcoming on in just a minute a um, recurring regular guest who I so enjoy simply flowing with. In fact, that's what I often say to her before the show. We're just going to flow with it, and we don't even have to say that because it just happens. And the guest today coming on is Joan Sirio. And our focus today is going to be on expanded consciousness and the heart because Joan has studied the heart quite a bit in many, many ways, and she is the author of Hardwired to Heaven, Download Your Divinity Through Your Heart and Create Your Deepest Desires. Joan is a scientist. She is spiritual and she is scientific, and I am going to remind us all that um, those of us like Joan, I am that way too. We are really exploring truth. Those two flow together beautifully. There is no contradiction at all. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in biology and a Master's of Science degree in science education and is indeed a teacher. She is a workshop facilitator and um, she is well known for her work. She is the creator of Integrative Message Therapy and the founder of Core Essence School of Self-Mastery, which was based on her previous book, In the Key of Life, An Activational Journey to the Soul. And um, one of her websites is hardwiredtoheaven.com, which is queued up if you want to explore her work. And as usual, I'll probably ask her to make sure we don't have others we should have up there, which I have a feeling we should. Um, And I'm happy to do that. And without further delay, I am just so delighted to bring Joan Sirio back onto the broadcast. Hello, Joan. Nice to have you back. Hello, Hello, Susan. Great to be back. Well, here we go. There sure is a lot going on right now, isn't there? Oh, yeah. (laughs) A whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah. I mean, the... I tell you, the the flow of things recently, and I think we both have attested to this, it it can touch everything. There's just all kinds of 
of change happening. Um, some things can feel disconcerting, what's going on in the world, and, you know, at a microcosmic and macrocosmic level, but it just seems like what you say, hey, we are we are shifting in a big way, and it's even impacting our technology. It's like energetically it's blowing the circuits. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. So today, Joan, um, for those who may be new to your work, um, and I do invite people to explore Joan's shows, which is easy to do. If you go to FrontierBeyondFear.com and click on the archive, you can just search for any author and the shows come up. Um, so I do want to put in a little pitch for that at the beginning because it's very easy to find the shows of various people, and you've done quite a few. Um, let's let's launch into this that, um, you know, a lot of people would say, um, if they're not familiar with with what the heart actually is, is is what does the heart have to do with that? I would think the mind has to do with expanded consciousness. So how would you explore that that question, Joan? Oh, there's so many ways. Um, <laughs> first of all, spiritually and in most religions, the heart is the key. You know, it's, yes. it's always the wisdom is going within the heart and living from the heart. And, We've lost that. We've forgotten that. Um, the Hopis, you know, in their tradition, and they said that there would be, in Prophecy Rock, there would be this line that the Bahama, that the white people would take, and that was that was not the very good road to go. And what we did was we forgot this from our heart. Yes. And what this time of change is about, we're talking about that, and then, you know, and it's not a very good picture with people on the rock. But anyway, um, no, it's my fault that, that no. came, one of the spirits that came and, and, and wrote that on the rock. But, so where we are right now is kind of that tipping point on the end of the rock, and the way to come back is through the heart. And scientifically, what we're finding now, you know, no, no surprise because now it's the time, is that there are neurons within the heart, there's brain cells within the heart, and through yeah. heart math, uh, yes, HeartMath Institute and all the wonderful work that they do there, we found that the heart actually does take in information before the brain, and it takes in this intuitive information. So the heart is tuned into the cosmic consciousness. That's yes. unlimited. Yes. You know, when we intuit something, we don't know what's coming um, because it's coming from the ethers. It's coming from out there. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's coming from the source of that information, whether you call it God, whether you call it the central fund, whether you call it source information, the one heart, as I might refer to it. That's where it's coming from. Yeah. It doesn't go into the brain. There's different levels of consciousness. There's what we call human consciousness. Uh, but let, let's start with, okay, there's being conscious versus unconscious, you know, like you're aware, you're awake, you're oriented, you're not, you know, asleep or not aware of anything, you know, not unconscious. And then uh-huh. there's human consciousness that uh, we're aware of ourselves, we're self-aware, and that's part of being conscious. Um, so we're aware of our thoughts, we're aware of our surroundings. We also have this ability to communicate with one another and We've been living in this human consciousness um, brain type of um, paradigm for a long time. Yeah. So we've been in the yeah. mind. 
and that's where the consciousness lives in the brain. And even, you know, I don't know when this was, maybe in the 1800s, I don't know, maybe earlier, I don't know, but the, the idea of the homuncule, the little man that lives in the brain that is, you know, kind of driving uh-huh. the show. And I'm not being uh-huh. sexist, but that's what they talked about, you know, yeah. the person living yeah. in the brain. And, you know, so it was all so focused on the mind and the brain. And, you know, what we're finding now is that, okay, but there's more, there's more to it. Because if we just come from what our minds can grasp, we are so limiting ourselves. But when we come from our heart, we're tapping into that infinite expanse, so we're not limited. Yes. Um, And that's what the book is about. And the crux of the book, pardon the pun, the the crux of the crux of the book is the sacred coordinates. That's that's what I call it, that special place in the heart that the Sufis refer to and the Hindus and, you know, so many other ancient traditions. There is this place in the heart that we are directly connected to source, or as I call it, the one heart. I'm writing more about that now. This one heart. We're not listening to I I love how you give us a way to... um, to, to focus um, conceptually on on what's actually occurring, um, because sometimes it's hard to get a handle around it in in a, a a descriptive way, and and I feel that um, the way that you've gone about this it helps us to to just better understand it in a in a, a way that's very approachable, and you know we we really are not separate. Like you say, there is the one heart. We are not separate, and that is mm-hmm. an illusion. And so ultimately, it's only logical that our consciousness is naturally expanded and that we are naturally limitless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it must be that way. I mean, some people may not believe in psychics or whatever, but, um, you know, if people can really tap into your field... Because what is it? It's your heart field that, you know, we're tapping into. It's your bio field. But, you know, the, the greatest um, electromagnetic organ in the body is the heart. That's the largest field. You know, they're tapping yeah. into that. Well, they're tapping into the energy around you. Well, how do they do that? Well, because your heart's connected to their heart. Yeah. You know, because we're living in a sea of electromagnetic fields. You know, yeah. and, and it depends on our sacred coordinate and how well we can use that as a tuner to tune into different frequencies, and some people have mastered that. We all have that ability, but some people are able to tune into different frequencies. Some can go on the FM band when a lot of people are still on the AM band. And so you can't get those higher frequencies and you can't tune into different stations if you're, if you're in the megahertz versus the kilohertz, you know. You've got to get up higher in frequency and then, oh, I can tune into the station and... Um, it has to do with the heart. It has to do with the pineal gland and how they're connected. And I talk about that in the book too. But um, yes. that's another way of expanding, you know, your consciousness. We are connected, and that's why we can go into other fields and and see or remote view or be clairvoyant or clairsentient or clairaudient, all the clair <laughs> claircognizant, you know, mm-hmm. because we are all connected in that way. You know, we've all experienced this. Um, I, I can wager everyone listening out there, whether you believe in 
um, expanded consciousness or not can surely, and this happened to me recently, as a matter of fact, where you're thinking of someone and they call. You know, you don't have to be right next to them. (laughs) They can be far away. And yet, um, because space does not, um, space has nothing to do with it. And and I, I know we can remember this from when we were children or when we were very young, when we used to use, um, you know, I remember using it on the landline. <laughs> I just remember this as a teen, this phenomenon, and I know so many of us can. It's the simplest of ways, and yet it happens. And statistically, if you really reflect upon it, it it's pretty unusual that such a coincidence would occur. And And we tend to dismiss it when we're skeptics. You know, if we're not inclined to, to really think about the statistical nature of coincidences and what are the real chances of various things. Um, and, and you know, it's just been right in front of us. I have a feeling one of these days is more awakened um, to to this more expanded reality. It's There's going to be this realization that you've known it all along. You just maybe didn't quite want mm-hmm. to accept it or admit it. it just It's a little uncomfortable at first, to, to realize we live in a a magical world, <laughs> although it's, it's pretty cool, right, but it's because, a little uncomfortable. Right, so, because we have been told that you're not powerful. That's right. We've been and, told well, that and, we're limited. And yes. then what's our greatest fear for a lot of us? Being in our power. To have that control. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to have to that be in your power. That's mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. right. I mean, I think... Um, you know, people are also very afraid of the supernatural because, and, and which is actually only the natural, um, because of the stories they've been told about it that are fear-based and, um, you know, not not um, not necessarily true. Although we may find that some aspects of some of these stories carry carry truth, um, but people really. Some people, and and I can feel this, is if you can't get your handle around the notion of however you want to label it, God, you know, I'll use the God word, um, you know, however you label it, it, once you begin to realize that, hey, this is real, you you have to integrate an understanding of, of what it is. And you provide, you provide a way of looking at this that... Um, is is approachable and 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 not not as frightening as some things that we may have been taught as children. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I think that's why I put so much science in the book because it satisfies yeah. our brains. It satisfies our minds that we're so comfortable in. Um, and and it's interesting the progression of the three books, the first book and then this book, and then the next one. Because the first one was really about the mind. The second one is kind of in between the mind and the heart. And the third one is going to be about the heart, (laughs) you know, more about love and the heart. Yeah, Um, yeah. But going back and forth between the heart and the mind and um, putting in that information about science helps people to say, oh, okay, that might be so. You know, when... um, you have physicists that are doing research and an anesthesiologist like Stuart Hammerhoff and Fritz Pop 
um, that are saying, well, consciousness is really coherent, uh, fundamental consciousness is coherent light, and that light does travel throughout the body. It's not just in the brain, and actually that consciousness can leave the body. You know, these are concepts that were really foreign to us not so long ago um, to mainstream, but not to those that are mystic, spiritual, you know, no, because, oh, we've had these experiences. How do you how do you explain these things? How do you explain to someone that has had a um, near-death experience, you know, that, that, oh, that's just bunk. You know, that was right. just whatever, you know, some chemical that was releasing in the brain and then it was gone, you know, and all these people have these stories. And then um, the new children that come in and, you know, oh, I know your grandfather and da-da-da. How did you know him? Mm-hmm. He's been, you know, he died before you were born. Well, I, you know, how do you explain all this, you know? So I think that's why putting in the science, it's like, you know, putting a little bit of candy in with the, with the medicine, you know, it's easier to swallow <laughs> type of thing. See, some people would say that's medicine with the candy. It kind of depends on their well, point whatever. of view. <laughs> if, they're, if they're coming from a, a scientific view or just enjoy the spiritual exploration, well, your your book has everything in that respect. And, you know, it's funny you would mention an NDE because as soon as you said that, I was actually, you had talked about um, the light how how light functions and i was mm-hmm. actually thinking about demonstrating at least to me before you said anything about NDEs about david david bennett's experience who's been on this show more than once i need to have right. him on again sometime because he saw you know pe- these beings of of light it, it's like we became these these um particles of light and and you know um Light is both a wave and a particle, um, and or comes in 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 both comes to us in different ways. And so, I, you know, something else that came up earlier in in the week um, on a show with a dolphin expert is he was talking about the various creatures in the sea that are luminescent. And mm-hmm. I got to thinking about that a little bit, Joan. In fact, I even said I was going to mention it to you that I wanted to link these shows together a little bit more because uh-huh. I was reflecting on, you know, um, isn't it interesting that there are creatures on this planet who are naturally somewhat um, light beings, you know, very, very visibly <laughs> so. Uh-huh. And, and uh-huh. The, the sea carries many mysteries that, um, um, you know, consciousness, what, what, they, what this show was about, in fact, yeah, I will explore it a little bit, was how dolphins, are, are telepathic that there have been a lot of examples mm-hmm. of how they they share in our consciousness and that they may be much more advanced than we we right. tend to realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so interesting. You you're bringing up water yeah, too because you uh-huh. can't talk about consciousness without talking about water because there is this interaction between light and water. And if you talk about what is consciousness, down to you know we boiled it down and distilled it down as energy. You know, all energy is conscious. Yes. Really. You know, I talk about that in the book, and I go through this and that and this and that, but when I boil it down, energy is consciousness. And um, you can't talk about energy without talking about you know, light, without talking about energy, or talking about mm-hmm. consciousness and how light and water interact. 
because um, consciousness is a form of information. And as I talk about in the book, the word information is really important because you're informing. And it's the form that informs. So water is, you know, can be structured. We talk about structured water and it takes on these various forms and a good way of of visual of it, if you're familiar with Dr. Emoto's work, Messages with Water and and other books he has written, um, that, you know, it's water uh, in uh, harmonious um, vibration and words will have a beautiful structure to it. Something that's in harmonious, it, it won't. So you can get a picture of, okay, water can structure itself. Water has its own intelligence too. And how that's structured and how it works in the body and how light and both of them interact, you can't separate the two. You really can't. Because, you know, we we go to the far reaches of the universe and we keep looking around and everywhere we think there wouldn't be any water, there's water. Yes. There's water there. You know, um, you have to have it. Okay, so a plant needs, okay, you learn in school, well, a plant needs, you know, it's photosynthesis. It needs light to live, okay? Let's say uh, you have a green plant out there and it needs, it's in a pot, okay? And it needs light to live. Okay, yeah, it does It does need that. It needs light and photosynthesis to make its food. But it also needs water, doesn't it? Now, if you have that tant, plant, on, say, a covered area, and you only water it with half water, it will survive, right? Mm-hmm. But will it thrive like it will if you left it out in an area where it could get rate, you know, water from the sky, you know, rainwater? Yeah. yeah. It's missing that intelligence, you know, it, because it's, it's not being structured like it is when it's falling from the sky through the cat. And the same way as if you bring in cut flowers. Now you put them in water, and if you don't change that water, they don't last as long, right? Exactly. But if you change the water, now it's still that same tap water, and I'm saying tap water isn't as good as you know, rainwater, but it's the tap water. But even if you change that water, they last longer. Why is that? Okay, yeah, why would a plant you know, care? What you're is you're that? absolutely okay. right. Why? Okay, mm-hmm. well, okay, you know, we can go and we can look at that water water under a microscope, and we can we can look at it that way, or we could uh, we could distill it, or we could do gas chromatography, and you know, we can go through the whole spectrum of this, you know, however you want to look at it scientifically, and you know, okay, well, it's got certain minerals. Okay, this one may have a little bit different, you know, concentrations, but basically, it's going to be the same composition. What's different is the information. Yeah. You know, I just had this thought. I I have a question for you, Joan. And I don't know if this study has ever been done in quite this way, but it would be interesting. Is I wonder if you're in a house where there is a lot of negative energy, you know, anger and frustration, whatever, you know, discord. Mm -hmm. And someone brings home flowers and puts it in in a vase. Okay, which may happen right. <laughs> in those households. Um, if the water in the vase with the flowers, depending on the energy of the house, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what's going on in a house energetically, how do the flowers do? Do you have to change oh. the water more? Do flowers yeah, right. wilt 
quicker. Yeah. You know, what would yeah. be the yeah. nature of the water in the house mm-hmm. or even the house plants? You know, they say that house plants they do respond to the environment. And based oh, on yeah. what you're saying, what if it's the water too that we're feeding the plants and depending on mm-hmm. the energy in the house, that water is going to change, you know, and of course in, uh-huh. in us. I mean, it, it just it feeds itself in a good or a bad way. You know, if we're, we're feeding positive energy in our lives, then maybe things would thrive. Of course, you know, I'm sure we can think of examples where plants don't survive and you're doing your best, so it probably doesn't hold out in every way. But it isn't something to reflect upon because I would think yeah. that negative energy it, oh, in the house would, would focus on would. that water and, and make yeah. it dirty yeah. and less nurturing. And the mm-hmm. flowers, just the cut flowers, thinking about that, would not mm-hmm. do as well. Mm-hmm. You'd have to change it more. Mm-hmm. They They wouldn't do as well. Yeah, and if you didn't change the water and you kept sending love and light to it and, you know, thank you and gratitude uh-huh. and whatever, you know, I bet you, you know, if you do that, you know, same scenario and do that study, I bet you it would last longer. You know, and we you can know, all uh, do experiments in our own homes. It wouldn't be hard. Right. <laughs> well, you know, everything, you know, everything is consciousness of plants. It's, you know, for me, definitive uh, evidence for a cosmic consciousness is plants, a plant, uh-huh. you know, because, wow, you know, they morph, they can change. Look at weeds grow next to, they look at the same, almost the same plant as next to something that we don't consider to be a weed. Or they move towards the sun or, you know, on and on and on and on. And I'm like, wow, I see the intelligence of plants. And I'm like, there has to be something orchestrating all of this, too. Yeah. So, you know, of course, um, if you tap into the intelligence of the plant, and, you know, mm-hmm. what can I say? I talk to my plant, you know, and I send them love every time <laughs> I water them. So what am I doing? I'm not only infusing that water with love, but I'm also giving them love. So as you water a plant, it's like, oh, I don't have this plant anymore. I don't know why I'm watering it. You know, okay, you know, what are we getting? <laughs> you know, versus I love you. You're so beautiful. You know, thank you. And I'm, you know, I'm touching them and whatever. You know, of course they're going to do well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm very protective of my trees. And um, I, I'm considering moving and I've been thinking about my trees. Um, because I'm so protective, and yet there are people around me who will cut a tree down without a thought. In fact, it happened just the other day. I drove home. It must have been just yesterday. I was driving home, and I saw this van driving out, you know, the tree removers who definitely make a good penny off of it, let me tell you. And here we're, you know, at the entrance to the neighborhood. Someone had just cut down three trees for no good reason whatsoever that I could think of. And, you know, I cannot... For the life of me, it, to me, it is viscerally upsetting when someone mm-hmm. removes a tree, especially one that's mm-hmm. been there a long time. Although there's evidence that they can, the, the spirit that is in the tree can travel through the roots, that they are connected, and that even in a forest, the trees around a tree that's been cut down right. continue to feed the roots. And so, so it's funny. You almost want to, you want to communicate to a tree. I had an experience yeah. where they were cutting down two trees right next to my house in a neighbor yard, and and you know it was really 
pretty upsetting, but you have to believe that somehow the the energy of that tree flows where it needs to flow. Because even in nature, I mean, forests burn down, things happen. I mean, windstorms mm-hmm. come, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's part of life. And yet, I think we do need to respect our environment more, and that we can be so hasty in landscaping. Oh. Just to just strip things out and replace it, you know that it, it isn't even it's 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 not there's no respect for the environment. Yeah. Um, well, that's coming from the head and not the heart. Exactly. You know, I had I had a similar experience just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a place uh-huh. that I would go and sit and meditate. And, you know, my friend says you need to go by the water and buy trees. I'm like, yeah, I know that's where I go all the time. <laughs> And it yeah. was this beautiful white pine, beautiful tree, and I would go and I'd thank it every time I'd leave, you know, and I'd touch it and I'd get uh-huh. the energy of it. Uh-huh. And and then one day a couple of weeks ago I'm walking over there and they cut the tree down. And I'm looking like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Like, they do? Oh, my gosh. And I started to cry. Oh, I don't blame you. I don't and blame I, you. Yeah. It's a, and some I warning. Found Oh, I was mourning the loss of that. That was my friend. Yes. And there were two young doves, baby doves, hmm. near that tree that obviously that was their home. Uh-huh. And I don't know if the mother was killed when it came down. Oh, my God. But they were orphaned by it. Oh. You know, and I'm and I'm just and even more so I cry. I'm like, Do you not know what you're doing and why did you do this? There's nothing wrong with this tree. Yeah. Did exactly. it block your view? Did you want to put another trailer there or you know no motor home or, time. you know, what yeah. what what were you doing? Yes. You know, um yeah, and it just it just made me sad because that's mainstream consciousness. So we go about different words about consciousness and all. But it's it's coming, when I say that, it, you know, it, it's mainly those that are still coming from the brain, coming from the mind, where most of us came from, you know. Uh, it's not coming from the heart. It's not coming from the heart first and then using the mind. Okay, how else can we do this? How can you know, we respect yeah. the life that's living in this tree, you know? Yes. Um, apparently where I live, used to be filled with with trees. In fact, the name of the community suggests that that it was it was filled with trees and yet there most of them are gone, which is sad. It's like why did you name it that way? I mean, if you mm. were going to just strip out all the trees and I've been researching moving closer to the redwoods. Um really mm-hmm. looking at this and I was just reading about the redwoods and how we took out 90% Ninety oh. percent before you know before the turn of the century. And, you know how did Redwood oh. National Park get formed? It was because suddenly people realized, hey, we need to protect some of these, wow. or they're all going to be gone. It's like what insanity! Oh. Wow. I mean, that's just insane. It's yeah, insane, insane greed, is what it is. Because, and, yeah, I've never been in a more sacred church, cathedral, whatever. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I hope to move closer to them so they're more accessible to me. And you know, it's just it's unthinkable to me how much we have impacted 
the environment. And that's just here. Look at the other rainforest. I mean, this is a rainforest oh, no. and was mm-hmm. a rainforest here in the Pacific Northwest. And and look what we're doing to other mm-hmm. rainforests. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I could see why, um, you know, there, the mind can be like a parasite upon the earth, truthfully, the way it feeds on other species, even on other mankind and on the environment. And the heart, truthfully, to use a term from my youth, is our salvation. I mean, that's, that. Mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, and here I'm going to even introduce something, because I know people of different belief systems listen to this show. You know what I was taught as a child? I was told over and over again, Jesus lives in your heart. Jesus lives in your heart. You're told this as a child, not in your mind, your heart. Mm -hmm. And we would sing songs all the time about Jesus living in our hearts. And, you know, you can take that, that and expand. Let's just expand that to, you know, however you conceive of God in whatever label that you want to use for God, and Uh that's it. Uh That's it right there. And we knew it when we were children, and whoever taught us the song knew it too. Well, here's a visual for you, and I just started laughing. You know, you see Uh pictures of Jesus pointing to his heart, to the sacred heart. Now, what what would it be like to have a picture of Jesus pointing to his head? Have you ever seen that? Wouldn't that be ridiculous? (laughs) That's so true. Right? So I mean, true. it hits a place of so much truth, like visceral, like, yeah, I mean, that makes no sense. You know? Of that, course he that is true. pointing to his head. He's pointing to his heart. You know, we've known it all along. This is what I mean is that when we come to to realize just what is the nature of the fabric of reality, we're going to realize there were clues all along the way. In fact, why don't we explore this a little bit more? You've studied various ancient civilizations, Joan, and and maybe you can talk a little bit to that, like the Mayans, for example. Some of these civilizations did some pretty harsh things in their ceremonies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yet, still, (laughs) they explored, and, and, you know, they they were exploring consciousness in different ways, or that, you know, Mm -hmm. are the various Mm -hmm. mystery schools and things. Maybe we can explore a little mysticism for for a few moments and and how that has expanded and how that relates to the heart. Well, hmm. yeah, when when you said Mayans and I would think about the the sacrifice and cutting out the heart, Um, but they also talked about blood lightning and and that, you know, the energy of, of... Life force energy being in the blood and and you know in the heart being obviously pumping the blood so it's related to it um, and taking the life force and taking the energy from someone you know it, it was harsh but it's very symbolic of how important the heart is um, yeah. but I also wonder because they were such good uh, astronomers how yeah. much uh, star beings played into their consciousness at that time. Same way with Hopi, same way with a lot of, you know, I mean, just look around. We're unearthing, literally unearthing now all these sacred sites. Um, and they're not there, you know, because, oh, this looks pretty, you know. And how did <laughs> yeah. they get there? How did they get the technology to do this, too? Right. So I, I think we have a blending here. Yeah. Um of human consciousness and of 
uh, extraterrestrial consciousness. And um, how did the heart play into that? I think that most of the indigenous people uh, lived through the heart because they didn't have all this information, you know, this being bombarded constantly, like people on their phone all the time, they're on the computer, they're watching TV, da 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 you know, I got to check this email, I got to do that, you know, we're yeah. constantly being bombarded with information, and it's increased exponentially, you know, yeah. with the industrial age, we had to increase information because otherwise that would just collapse. And so, you know, with that was born this increase in information and, you know, what happened, you know, about the same time, okay, the telephone and, you know, and all the rest came through. And so that just started the whole way. Yeah. But they didn't have that. They they communicated through their hearts with each other, you know. I mean, yeah, they also used other, other means, but really they were in their hearts. They used their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um when you one of the things that um when you think about the flow of the life force, the life energy, I mean that concept of flow, that's a very co creative concept. I I regularly use that in my daily practice, thinking about um the flow of energy um, just the flow in general when things start either going right or wrong. You can feel the flow, whether it's, um, you know, a really positive direction or when things sort of sort of jump on top of it, and even in a negative, although sometimes the negative leads to the positive, and so you got to kind of trust. Right. And right. That's the other yeah. thing yeah. about the flow is yeah. how it's channeled, how it may go through mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. canyon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, okay, why yeah. am I here? What did... What's going yeah. on? And then before you know it, you're in the rapids and you're where you need to be. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, how are streams formed? How are a lot of streams formed? Well, because the the river was blocked. Yes. You know, so what you might think of as a blockage is something quote-unquote negative, taking you in another direction, and it's forming this whole other stream of consciousness. <laughs> yes. Yes. That you hadn't thought of because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in your consciousness. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and that's why I think that it seems like a lot of people have felt really disillusioned in some ways recently because it seems like things aren't flowing in the world quite as positively as, as many would like and, and you know, it just it's like what in the world is going on and yet you have to trust it's like a river and and i have to mm-hmm. believe that, mm-hmm. that these mm-hmm. things are bringing us more quickly yeah. to wherever it is that we need to be and that we're not right. like heading for the precipice over a wo- waterfall or if we are we're in for a great ride and we're going to get to the place we need to be even quicker <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and it, it, it is dependent upon waking up and coming from our hearts and what path we take here. Yeah, and I believe the whole thing was right. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had. Uh, if you want to, for the listeners out there, go through the archives. Um, there was a show we did several months ago about you know being at this turning point, this crisis point, and 
you know, and I really believe it's through the heart that we make it through this because, like you say, you look at things and like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know, and we don't even get the mainstream news. You don't get the real picture of what's happening. You know, do you hear on the news that Venezuela is, in a, you know, in uh, martial law? You know, they don't tell you these things, you know. Um, you know, and all the demonstrators in Paris or this or that, whatever else is going on. I mean, there's a lot going on, but they don't tell you all that. Um, yeah. And I think out your way, aren't they, isn't FEMA doing their big um, uh, Actually, we had a big thing? exercise. We had a big drill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And I know that even, um, you know, local community people were involved in a drill yesterday. It's funny, while it was ongoing, I totally forgot. I was so busy doing other things. And then today I saw... Some, some things about it. and it may even be continuing into today. I'm not sure. It's a multi day mm-hmm. event. Yeah. And and it's it is a preparedness type thing and, and part of it has to do with where we we live, um, because right. Right. you know, we we could have a, a big earthquake here. Um and, you know, that the earth itself, in fact there's another topic, is that if you observe the ring of fire recently you can see how the earth is releasing some energy right now and you know if we live in these places we just have to trust i mean i've got active i'm looking yeah. at an act if i turn around if it wasn't is it cloudy out there let's see i'm sitting in a different place today um well it is cloudy pretty much but i've got an active two active volcanoes i can see from, from <laughs> this room yeah, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. one ha- one has blown and actually they're both showing um some, yeah, um, now. Yeah. Well, you don't often hear that Mount Hood, which is by Portland, is active, but it's not totally dormant. I mean, it, it no. could go oh, someday no. just like Mount St. Helens did. In fact, mm-hmm. Mount St. Helens, mm-hmm. which famously blew in the 80s, I didn't live here then. I lived in Colorado, but I saw the evidence of it. Um, it looked just like, you know, Mount Hood or Mount Rainier before it did blow. And so, yeah. you know, we, we lose sight of how active our earth is the earth and that is, it has yeah, an energetic yeah. pattern. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, that what they're saying is because of the cascading uh, abduction zone there that on either end they've had these small, you know, earthquakes that's releasing some energy, but their concern is that it's all bunched up in the middle and it's got a release and it's way overdue according to, you know, the scientists and they've studied like about how that ever how many years there usually is a big earthquake there. And uh, I, I remember when I stayed on Gold Beach for a while, I was in Gold Beach for a while in Oregon, and, um, you know, uh, and I was looking, okay, tsunami, you know, this is the way out for the tsunami, and what are uh-huh. you doing to you up on this hill, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I better I better look at the tsunami route here just in case. And, you know, I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, really? Well, and, I'm like, so, okay, yeah. you know, you're on the and, hill, you know, but... It's water funny. All around you. If you're lucky. That's it. We surely learned. I mean, when we saw, when we watched what happened in Japan, I, I think that that oh, really yeah. brought it home for everyone. Because mm-hmm. before that, mm-hmm. some of those some of those signs didn't even exist. But the ones that did, I don't know that people took as seriously. It, it's just kind of like in Colorado, they've had flash flood signs. Although actually, they really didn't have too many until a whole bunch of people were trapped in a very famous. 
um, the, the big Thompson Canyon flood is what it was called. And then all of a sudden, all these signs started showing up saying, um, in case of, of flash flood, climb to safety. Because apparently people, you know, and this is so symbolic, they the water was slowly <laughs> rising. And, and maybe even with a tsunami, you know, this can happen is there's a tendency to watch it and then, here it is, right, you know, it's right. coming. Mm-hmm. And and that's what, what can happen, and, and that people don't move when they need to. And, and um, you know, par- partly that's part of it, too. You know, if we relate it to right. expanded consciousness, sometimes we're given right. the impetus that, hey, it's mm-hmm. time to to mm-hmm. act in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and we need to listen. Exactly. And it's not throwing you know, the baby out with the bathwater, you can't get rid of your mind, you know. You still yeah. need the brain. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be fear-based You know, I'm not saying either. that. Don't get rid of that because yeah. you need to say, okay, hello, wake up, uh, the, the waves. Yeah, what does know, this all mean? The tide is yeah. going way, 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 way out, and hmm, all the animals are running up the hill. See, you see, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so being that conscious and aware, I mean, that's consciousness too, you know, and yeah. being aware and really paying attention to your surroundings. You know, there's um, signs. There's signs. If you're tuned in, you'll know. And you got to yes. stay tuned in and you got to pay attention. I watch my animals because um, every once in a while, if they seem uneasy or something, I, I'll even ask them. I'll say, hey, you know, what's going on? Is there going to be an earthquake? Because they know. Um, they know. Although we really haven't had one. Actually, I haven't been in an earthquake in many, many years. They're really, I, I haven't, wasn't here Although there was one here fairly nearby, I just didn't feel it wasn't big enough. But in any case, you know, you watch, that's one thing you can be aware of. But, you know, I think what we're talking about here, too, is that we live, you know, we don't, on the East Coast, where you are, you don't live in fear of hurricanes. You have an awareness, I'm sure, or or even violent weather. You can get more tornadoes out there and things than we can. I used to live in Kansas, so... I got no, used to yeah. thinking about tornadoes and had many a, a, a siren go off and my weather radio and everything. And, yeah, I could be afraid. I mean, back then I was a little more in a fear-based way. But um, with that said, um, there's a balance, isn't there, Joan, between oh, yeah. being driven by fear versus having a healthy relationship with it, which is, you know, what the right, show right. is about. And it's about and, the, and being intuitive being in. too. Yeah. And to tune in you go through the heart. Yeah. yeah. If you're tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you can feel it like, like when it's gonna rain. You know, yeah. if you're tuned in you sit and you feel okay, it's gonna start soon. I need to move. You know, within ten minutes, whatever boom it's there. You know, if you're tuned in you know, we're the same as the animals and all. I mean, if you tune yep, in, you'll know. Right. You know. If we listened, we would feel it. you're not tuned in enough. Because we, yeah. we're, we're clouded by all the Wi-Fi and all the, you know, cell towers. And, you know, I mean, we're clouded by all of that. You know, the natives didn't have that. The indigenous yeah. didn't have that. So you know, it's a lot easier for them to tune in than it is now. I was, I was hearing, I was reading in the newspaper because I've been really focusing on simplifying. I mean, I really think I'm heading that direction, simplifying. And then, as if to echo it, there was something I saw. I think it was in the newspaper. I can't remember where I saw. I might have heard it, and I think I did see it in the newspaper where 
um, this is a movement, how people who are, um, you know, that there are people trying to get rid of as much stuff as possible, and they just go yeah, out, yeah. you know, and live with as, with as little as possible. And these are, you know, retired mm-hmm. software engineers and people like that. And, yeah, and you know what, yeah. they just, it, it's, it's as if, um, it's like living life backwards, because a lot of people maybe did this in their youth. Well, some of us didn't do it in our youth. And so that doesn't mean you all become, you know, wanderers all over, although some people are. I mean, it can also mm-hmm, mean like, mm-hmm. like I heard yeah. in our local um, city council, they're talking about allowing small houses, which are really tiny. I mean, incredibly tiny. Oh, the tiny and houses. Yet people feel that, yeah, that that that's all uh-huh. they need. They just have, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and that's um, there's just something calling us, Joan. We're being yeah. called yeah. to more simplicity yeah. and and yeah. the work of our hearts too. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Simplify your life. Well, we give up so much. It weighs you down. It literally does. It's all that stuff, and it literally weighs you down. I can feel it weighing on me. As I I was clearing stuff this morning, and as I, you know, just moving it around helps as I prepare to clear it. Oh, yeah. It does. Just disrupting. You know, it's like it gets lodged in a certain way. You ever notice how, like, if you have some boxes that are just sitting there, there, it's like they become a fixture, but even just moving the things is the first step towards clearing them because you've already disrupted that static energy field around them, and I can feel it mm-hmm. lighter already. And then you're ready to clear them, you know, whether you're right, moving or right. not. You know, you don't have to yeah. be moving to be simplifying and clearing and and yeah. and um, just there's a purification involved. Yep, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Many levels right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to say purification or initiation or um, there, yeah, there all may, the above. Can feel that way. But um There's a whole I, lot of movement, like we started the whole program. There's a whole lot yeah. of shaking going on. We come full yeah, we better not have an earthquake now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Although you not guys could have them no. too. That too. I mean Oh yeah, I did earthquakes in New York, yeah. Uh huh. Well, we had them in Colorado growing up. There, it wasn't unheard of to have one there. So, um, but but probably the biggest one I was in was here. I was pretty close to the epicenter of a five point seven, which isn't that big, but big enough. And I definitely enough, knew. Yeah, I definitely yeah. things did fall out of my cabinet. <laughs> that was that was a long time ago. But I remembered. And again, it's not about fear. It's like when I lived with the notion of of a tornado. Um, and, you know, not just a notion. I mean, this time of year, um, still, you can be under under threat. You just kind of flow with that, too. I mean, it to me, it's all a lesson in life, is that life throws certain things your way, and that's why we're here, to experience some of these, these unusual challenges. And then what are you going to do with it? How are you going to flow with the energy? Um, if mm-hmm. you're, you know, mm-hmm. you can always co-create. A path, and sometimes you're being carried, but you know you're you're heading. You're always headed for your own growth. What I feel, and you've certainly yeah. explored. Yeah. Definitely, you know, and we are moving into the frontier beyond fear. Yeah, we are. That's yeah. where we are. And um, as Greg Braden said in his book, Awakening to Zero Point: The Collective Initiation, that 
um, in this time of, of the shift that we'd be calling our greatest fears to us to be cleared. And I think a lot of us can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is, we are very close to being in that frontier beyond fear. And what is that frontier beyond fear? But living in the heart. That's it. Exactly. That's it exactly. And the more we feel it, the easier it is. You know, the more we allow it, the easier it is. So many of us used to be so afraid. I was just afraid of so many things at certain parts of my life. And, you know, I still work with it. We all do. But, boy, you can feel it. You know that you've changed. You Mm -hmm. really can change. We all can. Um, We can find more peace in our lives. And I know that I'm a living example. I can feel it as I navigate things. I can feel that 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 I'm changing and and growing. And I know many of the listeners feel that way too. So as we head closer to the last five minutes of the show, um, I think I should give you an opportunity, Joan, to talk once again about your work and your book and um, also want to put a call. I know we're often listened to by other blog talk radio hosts and, and I, I know you'd probably enjoy talking to others as well um, should opportunities arise because um, I, I think you have a lot to share with your work. And we've only touched upon every show we only touch upon it because we're just flowing. We've had such a body of work here. And I encourage people to explore all of your shows. That's all you have to do is go into that archive, type Jones Serio, and up they all come. And then you can listen to those shows, download them, enjoy them. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about where they can find you and your book. Okay. First of all, my latest book is Hardwired to Heaven, like you said earlier, Download Your Divinity Through Your Heart and Create Your Deepest Desires. The book is really a study about energy consciousness and the electromagnetic field of the heart and how we can use that to um, to be co- the co-creators that we are. So it's about, it really tells us about how we become physically enlightened too. There's just so much yeah. in there and it's really, you know, the first in um, metamorphosis of, of bringing through um Science in the heart, in, in the heart, in a physical, metaphysical way, and um, I, I'm working on the next book. It's going to be about love and, and, and the one heart. Um, yeah. I may be co-creating that one, so I'm excited about that. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah, and you can find information if you're interested in buying the book. It's through Finthorn Press, uh, and you can purchase it through them and through all the major channels. And the easiest way to do it is just to go to hardwiredtoheaven.com. And I have right there on the home page all the different ways you can purchase it. It's an e-book. It's, you know, physical book. I like to touch things. Some people like the electronic stuff, whatever, you know, suits your fancy. You can also find more information about me on my website, joanserio.com. I do have a blog, and I do. Uh, you can find it on there. I also write joanserio.blogspot.com, a blog to them. It's uh-huh. called um, Lifeline for a, uh, a New World and uh, How to Navigate the New Through the Heart. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a wonderful 
way to label a blog. I need to spend more time in your blog because uh, I, I I just love everything that that you share, and I invite the listeners to do the same because we can find so many yeah. ways to be inspired regularly, and we need more ways, and they're out there. So yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, I might you, write Joan. a blog on uh, yeah. I think I might write a, a blog soon on the, my my experiences yesterday from the sweat launch. So. Yeah, I'd like. Oh, I'd love to hear about that. I'd love to hear. I need to jump back in over there. So if you're interested in that, check back. (laughs) Yes, yes. Stay tuned for more updates from Joan. Well, thank you, Joan, for being here. It's always such a relaxing show. You know, it's funny. I breathe through my week. I think, oh, you know, Joan's coming on. That'll because I need these shows too. I just need to be able to relax and explore and not not study a whole bunch of stuff. Sometimes I do and I enjoy that, but but sometimes I just I just enjoy exploring with you and I'm so glad that you've come on regularly. I really appreciate that and I appreciate your work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you Susan for always having me on and for all your support. Uh well, always Joan. Well, you take care, and you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you. You too, and everybody else out there. Many blessings to all. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. All right, just a couple show notes here that I want to give you. Things are going to kind of ease a little bit they're they're easing into the summer for a while um we'll we'll have a more relaxed schedule as often i do in the summer um the next show will be for the summer solstice and sonia grace is coming back i know that's another guest we enjoy we have been so fortunate we have sonia on every equinox every solstice or right around and this show is going to be friday june 17th at 4 p.m pacific I might do a spontaneous show in here. Um, we'll see. But as I say, we're taking a little relaxed pace right now. I do want to let the audience know that I am involved in an event coming up in July where um, I I would invite you if you'd like to come to Portland, Oregon, which is beautiful. Um, I am hosting the Cryon event here with Lee Carroll and Amber Wolf. And uh, Michelle Caron is going to be here as well. And that is up on the show on FrontierBeyondFear.com, and it's July 23rd and 24th. And um, I really invite people to come out. It's it's very inexpensive. It's a whole weekend with, with lunch included both days, and um, it's going to be a very inspiring time, all about a quantum experience. Um and um, Lee has been on the show. I'll have to surface his show again. He's very popular. He brings in people all over the world. Um, and we're going to be doing different things, a women's circle Saturday night. And Sunday night we're going to have a sacred ceremony. And then both days Lee explores spirituality and science. Um, Amber is a psychologist with a Ph.D. who explores, you know, with Lee actively how to put these concepts to work in your life, um, and and I will be there facilitating, which just means that I give a, a brief introduction both days, and then I'm just there to help with the flow, and it's a wonderful time to meet people um, where I will be there um, to just enjoy the energy as well. So that's July 23rd and 24th in the Portland area, beautiful time of year here. Just click on the, the image on FrontierBeyondFear.com. Um, Another note that I'm also um, promoting right now is a cruise with um, 
Vincent Jenna, who is a well-known spiritual teacher. He's on the Home and Garden Network. Again, another link up on the page with many spiritual teachers who are going to be on that cruise this October, October 15th through 22nd. So there are just a couple of things that I'm involved in just um, because I do various work in the spiritual community, which I really enjoy. And I really want to invite you once again to um, visit Joan's website, joanserio.com, and explore everything she's doing and her book. Um, and um, another site that I'm involved in, in fact, there's a link to Joan's site up on there as well, is spiritualconferences.com. If you go over there, you can see all kinds of things that I'm helping, various authors and events, and that's another new resource, spiritualconferences.com. And finally, frontierbeyondfear.com, which is your source when things get relaxed in the summer. Um, It's a perfect time to explore the archive because we have over five years of show. Before you know it, we'll be at six years of shows because we're at five and a half years now or close. And um, it's just so wonderful, the flow of this program and the wonderful guests who return and the new guests who also come this way. So thank you, everyone, for being here. I hope you live more consciously in the space of your own heart and connect to that flow and learn to live a life where your experience of fear is something that is part of the flow of positive energy for you so that you are consciously growing and so that you have an awareness. You may encounter it sometimes. That's natural. We're human beings. But you can observe your relationship with fear change. I attest to that personally. And no matter what the circumstances in your life, it can flow with much more ease and with grace and with trust and most of all, with love in the space of your heart, because we are love. We are inseparable from the love that binds us all together. That's what we are, fundamentally. Remember that today. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 